Nigerians, it is now time to have a casual conversation for the beneficial good of our community. The show you are about to listen to is called What's Up, Castleberry? And now it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you your hosts, Andy and Drew. Oh, and don't forget that lovely producer, Robin. Here we are, episode 62 of the What's Up Castleberry podcast. Drew, Andy, and producer Robin are here. Excited to be with you, listener. Listener, you are hearing us just after the Easter holiday. And Andy, I don't know about you, but I've had quite a bit of candy. You might even hear it in my voice. I've downed a ton of the Starburst jelly bean. How are you post-Easter? How's your candy intake? We don't kind of hear it in your voice, but we do see it in your belly. So uh, (laughs) you have been enjoying that candy. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> cheap, cheap joke. Uh, all right. How's my candy intake? I will tell you, we have been pretty absent of candy this year. My beautiful wife, in her wisdom, is trying to help us to eat less sugar and eat in more healthy ways. So we had the challenge of what are we going to get the kids? For Easter, sure. when we're on this no candy thing, so Carrot, carrots, right? Bunnies, carrots. Is that what you did? Well, that's not what we did, but that's <laughs> that's a thought. I mean, we love our kids, so we probably wouldn't do that. But, yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So we've kind of been pretty much candy free, and honestly, it's been okay. I, I will say, I a couple of times when I've kind of craved a Cadbury's cream egg, but you know, we survived, and we found other reasons, more important reasons, to celebrate the season. Listener, we hope you. You had a, a wonderful Easter, and uh, we're excited to even hear a little bit from our guest, Tom Egerbrecht, in just a, a little bit. But listener, it, of course, is that time for the dad joke of the week. That's right. Each and every week we have a joke brought to you by me. They're now going out on social media. We've had quite the interaction there. Well done, Andy, who does our social media plugs. Dad joke of the week. It's taking off, man. This is our our new thing. This is what we're known for. I am pretty confident it will crash land soon, but uh, go ahead. (laughs) All right, here we go. Listener, what do you call the Easter bunny the week after Easter. Exhausted. Exhausted. <laughs> I got an audible laugh from producer Robin. Thank you, Robin. Well, there it is. The dad joke of the week. Andy, what, what do you have to contribute? Something optimistic, I'm hoping. Yeah, no, I do. I've got a joke too. What do you call your co-host podcast leader after the dad joke of the week section? Brilliant. <laughs> no. Exasperated. <laughs> there you go. That, I, I, I should take that one. That's yeah, yeah no doubt about it. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, things that are being put out in the world, like dad jokes, things that are going viral and blowing up, uh, we want to highlight the, the work of our local Castleberry Elementary School PTSA. We are so thankful for the work that the parents and what does PTSA stand for? Parent Parent teacher student association. I should probably know if I'm going to talk about our Castleberry in the news segment, what what you should do, go back to episode two and listen to our interview with PTSA president, Lindsay Feist. That's a great plug. Student association. Yes, that's right. And, and president Feist has been on this podcast and they are doing a ton of work. They've started the, little library, uh, which we touched on. And now they are 
doing a, a thing where they're highlighting local businesses in and around Castleberry. They've offered the opportunity for Castleberry businesses to produce a banner and put them around the school to help advertise local business in Castleberry. And guess what, listener? The What's Up Castleberry banner is there in front of the elementary school. Yay us. Woo. Yeah, we are super excited to support the school and the students for a couple of reasons. First of all, as Whitney Houston says, we believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. And on and on and on, look up the song. So we really want to support our local schools and our kids. And secondly, just a huge shout out to the leaders of the PTSA there at Castleberry Elementary. I understand that they have raised almost $5,000 that they can pull back into school by those little signs on the fences. So we were proud and excited to support that as a podcast. We want to give back. We want to invest in our community. This was one way we were able to do it. Another way is that tomorrow, If you're listening to this when it's released on Tuesday, the What's Up Castleberry podcast is the proud sponsor of the Chamber of Commerce Lunch, which is their very first in-person meeting in over a year. And your favorite podcast is proud to support them as well. So I love, Drew, that we're getting more involved in the community and that we're able to give back to causes that really strengthen the the fabric of our, our life together. Absolutely, Andy. And kind of to jump on a little bit more onto that point, Casper Elementary School kind of has a yearly theme. And this year's theme for the school. Uh, it's on their their newsletter and other uh, uh, stuff that goes out to the parents and to the community. The theme is Stronger Together. And that really is something that we as a podcast hold very dear, that we as Castlebarians, we as Central Floridians are stronger together. So very thankful for the Castleberry Elementary School PTSA, as well as the Chamber of Commerce and all who are about making our city a better place. Today's podcast sponsor is Legal Shield, and they have a little ditty just for you. Affordable attorneys, it's not an illusion. If you've got legal issues, Legal Shield, we've got the solution. Identity theft, you've heard of that. It happens every day. People's lives being ruined. ID Shield to the rescue. We've got the solution. This is just life. What you going to do? Give Pat Weber a call at 386-405-3595. She can help you. Protecting you, your family, and your business too? Legal Shield and ID Shield, the best protection for you. Check out Pat Weber and Legal Shield. Thanks, Legal Shield. We are at the best part of the show where Drew and I talk less and we introduce someone much smarter, much wiser, and in this case, much more good looking than us to carry the conversation. We are thrilled and honored today that we have got a dear, dear friend with us, Pastor Tom Egerbreck, who has a strong, strong connection with Castleberry through his uh, season at Ascension Lutheran Church, but is now working beyond that church, coaching churches, coaching coaching leaders, coaching pastors, and we're looking forward to him coaching us as well. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Drew. It's so good to be with y'all and good to be back in the realm of Castleberry. The 
realm of Castleberry. That yeah. that sounds almost yes. regal, doesn't it? Like we have a <laughs> we have a realm, Drew. The kingdom of Castleberry. <laughs> kingdom of- if it is a kingdom, you're the king, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe one of the jokers or jesters, but I don't think. <laughs> so talking about Castleberry, let's just jump in a little icebreaker. Tom, what is your favorite place to visit in the kingdom of Castleberry? <laughs> this is a this is a trick question, right, Andy? Because you know what it is when you ask me that question. Is it, are you going to say wherever Drew is? <laughs> I'm going to say where your daughter works. Oh, yeah. At Culver's, right? Culver's. Culver's. That's my little taste of Wisconsin that I get down here in Florida and love Luke Ryba, who is the uh, owner of that place. And you can't go wrong with the food there and the, the shakes and the custard and all of that. And that might be my favorite place. But, you know, I think my second favorite place might be Secret Lake Park because we've had some awesome community events there. And uh, it's just a great place to bring the community together. And it's a beautiful place kind of right in the heart of our city and the secret lake there and all the activities that you're able to do. So I guess my indoor place is Culver's and my outdoor place is Secret Lake Park. You know, I've got all kinds of memories coming back to me, Tom. I I remember two things specifically. One, I remember we were meeting when the news had just broken that Culver's was moving into town and you were excited. I'm like, man, what has happened? It must have been a great Sunday at church or, you know, something fantastic happened in your life. And it was Culver's was coming. That was a source of excitement. And the other story that that triggers, Drew, is when we used to have those Easter egg hunts in the park and Culver's would donate some like little free scoops of custard. I remember having to count them very carefully to make sure that none were missing and had found a way into Tom's pocket. Yeah, right. That's (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, Tom, we are so glad to have this conversation with you. Yes, we go back for years and years. I I believe the first time I met you actually was at the Food and Wine Festival at Secret Lake Park. One of those years, you and your lovely wife. Fill in the listeners a little bit for us. Tell us kind of where you're at specifically in this uh, chapter of your story. What's going on in your life? What are you passionate about and excited about right now? Yeah, yeah. This is just a great time of my life. I think if my life were a book, this would probably be the part of the climactic part of the book because I've been through a lot of ups and downs, a lot of all different kinds of experiences. I've been able to carry out ministries and pastorates in four different states now, North Carolina, Virginia, Wisconsin, and now here in Florida. We've raised a family. You know, and I think those experiences that I've had in all those different places have kind of culminated in the ability for me to do the work that I do now, which is working with, as Andy said, with congregations and leaders of congregations and pastors and being able to kind of take all the different experiences I've had over the course of now about 30 years of ministry and being able to, I feel like I'm able to add some value to uh, some of the places and some of the people that I meet in my work. On the family side of things, it's a great time of life because we have two children. Our daughter and her family live here with our two little grandchildren. Little Crosby is my buddy and uh, we love to go on adventures and do things. And his little sister Colby, they're just the joy of our life. And then our son and his 
wife who live in Nashville have three little boys under two years old, if you can imagine that. Two of them obviously are twins. They're about six, seven, eight months old and they're little, their older brothers almost two now. So we get up to Nashville every now and then and just the ability to travel right now, like I've never been able to before. It, it goes both with my job and with seeing family and things like that. So it's just, it's really a great time of life and I'm enjoying it and really appreciate the way that I've been blessed right now. That's wonderful. It's wonderful for us to see you enjoying this stage of life. Tom, recently, perhaps by accident rather than intention, we've had a number of guests who have been authors and you are a part of that exclusive club. You have written a book as well as numerous articles yourself. Tell us about your book, why you wrote it and the, the premise of it. So the title of the book is Fully and Creatively Alive. The subtitle is How to Live a More Joyfully Fulfilling Life. So what I did is I interviewed interviewed probably about 20 different uh, young entrepreneurs who were successful already very early in life in their careers and really just wanted to see what it was like to do creative work and to figure out what the creative lessons were from my conversations with them. So basically every chapter of the book focuses on usually about one of those people and focuses in on what their particular creative forte is and then how that can apply to your life. So every chapter ends with a few questions on how you can apply that type of creativity in your own life right now and and figure out ways to live life in a more joyful way that gives you opportunity to be creative in no matter what part of life you're living. And I wanted to get across the fact that everybody, I believe, everybody is creative in some way, shape or form. A lot of people say they're not creative, but you are creative in some way. And so I want people to, to see and recognize and understand that. That's so interesting. I actually was going to jump on that portion of creativity, Tom, with my, my sort of next question. You mentioned in here a, a little quote from the book uh, that we're called to be propelled on a journey to know our unique gifts and express them well. How would you say a person goes about discovering that creative element in themselves, discover their gifting? It's a great question. I mean, there's some formal ways to do that, I think. There are some really good tools that are easily accessible on the internet. You know, a couple come to mind. One is like Strengths Finder. If you've ever taken that inventory, it really helps you understand what your strengths are as a person and how that can apply to your life and to your work. Another one is the DISC, D-I-S-C inventory. I know a lot of Big companies kind of like to use that as a it's sort of a personality thing, and it can help you realize and understand some of your gifts. But I really think the best way for somebody to understand and discover what their gifts are, and and especially to to see ways in which they're creative, is really just to pay attention, just to be introspective a little bit, to see what it is in her or his life really brings a passionate joy to what they're doing, and to following those paths and, and seeing where they might lead and how that might live itself out in a way that, that they may have never discovered before or may have been held latent for many years or a way for them to, to discover new things and new ways to do things. That's interesting. So you're saying there are some kind of organizational things that we can can do to discover gifts, but also some reflective things as well. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. 
You know, Thomas, as I think through that in my own life, I, I think I maybe have some creative bursts for about 10 minutes every year, but I'd like to be more creative, but it just seems like the mundaneness of an organized life and a tight schedule makes it hard to be creative and to do some of those uh, reflective exercises that you talk about. What advice would you give about allowing people to kind of create more space to be creative? It's a great question, question I get asked a lot. And I think we have all kinds of tools in this day and age to help with that. The first, it kind of goes back to the last question, just being introspective on the one hand. And on the other hand, being intentional about walking through your day with your eyes open to opportunities that might feed your creativity. And those might come in all different kinds of ways. For instance, I think one practice that's good, one practice that I like to do is just read something every day that helps you learn that helps you understand something new just for 10 minutes do it you know a 10 minute reading every morning another thing might be if you're stuck if you're in the mundane part of life get outside to go for a walk there's something to be said and, and studies prove that moving your body and actually getting outside really can feed your creativity as you're just kind of observing nature and the things that are surrounding you the things that are happening and all the technological tools that we have, like watching TV, for instance, sometimes it gets a bad rap, but there's some really incredibly good programs on TV that can really help feed creativity. One that I think of that I've been watching for years is CBS Sunday Morning. Don't know if you've ever seen it. And it's on Sunday mornings when I'm usually busy. So I <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah, Tom, Drew and I are still pastors. I mean, I guess it, I guess this is what it looks like on the other side, Drew. You get to watch TV on a Sunday morning. <laughs> No, no, no. We, we tape it and we watch it later. And uh, it's a show that every single time I watch it, I learn something new. It feeds my creativity or like podcasts, like the one that you're producing right now. But man, podcasts are just proliferating all kinds of ideas you can get from them. And one thing I like to encourage people to do is if you're stuck creatively, sit down at a computer with a blank screen in front of you with the cursor blinking and don't leave until you've sat there and written something for 20 minutes. Just make it happen. Force yourself to be creative. Drew calls that sermon preparation. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I will jump in. I, Tom, thank you for these insights. I feel like we're kind of, in a way, stealing a lot from, from your book. And give the title of the book one more time. I know it's been out for a while. Fully and Creatively Alive is the title of the book. Subtitle is How to Live More Joyfully Fulfilling Life. You can find it on Amazon. Excellent. And I hope our, our listeners do check that out. And uh, we'll make a point to seeing some of these things that Tom has been mentioning kind of come to fruition. Tom, let's shift gears uh, a little bit and kind of focus from the individual to kind of the, the larger, more more corporate. In, in regards to your role as a leadership coach, which by the way, I gleaned much from your leadership from afar, even going to the place of, I didn't know what a podcast was until I met you. Tom, what's what is something when you are engaging with other churches, other maybe not-for-profit organizations as kind of a leadership guru, coach, how do you encourage folks to be innovative and engaged with kind of getting out of the, the quote funk of how things are currently run? I think the most important thing is to have absolute 
tunnel vision regarding your identity, who you are as an organization. And then after you discover what that identity is to discover what the purpose is. So identity and purpose, I think, are two really important things, because once you discover those and know what they are, you'd be surprised at how innovative people can become once they're not floundering around trying to sort of be all things to all people, but instead really drilling down on who you are, who they are as an organization, and then very clearly, very simply stating what what the purpose is. You know, the example that we have here in town, obviously, is Disney. And Disney is what the happiest place on earth is what they like to say they are. And so think about the innovation that comes from that one sentence of purpose that they have as an organization and the proliferation of creativity and movies and theme parks and the things that you're able to do at those places because they know who they are and what they're trying to be. Mm. I, I remember, Tom, a few years ago, before downtown Disney was built, they had that area of nightclubs. It had a name. I forget what it was. But they spent literally like millions and millions of dollars knocking down those perfectly good nightclubs to build the shops and stores because their brand was we want to create happy families and nightclubs while they're a part of that that's not all of that so they just spent millions and millions of dollars to stay on their narrow focus task yep that's exactly right again it all goes down to identity and purpose and you don't have to be a disney to be innovative. You can be the local church, the local nonprofit, the local government. You have that clarity of who you are and what your purpose is. You'd be surprised at how innovative you can become. You mentioned local government, and that's a good transition point to talk about our local community in Castleberry. During your time in in our community, you had witnessed many advancements, many developments, many changes. As a leadership coach, what are some of the things that you are encouraged by that you see happening in our community? We moved here in 2012, so we've lived here about nine years. And my daily drive to work when I served Ascension Lutheran and Castleberry was from winter spring straight down 1792 to the church. And so I saw that whole 1792 corridor literally transform over the course of those nine years. And it's still transforming, I think. It looks much nicer. You can tell when you're coming into the Castleberry area that there's been some thought behind it, that they're trying to make things better and look nicer and provide better services for the people. You and I, Andy, have had on another topic, have had great opportunity to work with the police of Castleberry and our police chief. I'm very encouraged by what a servant-hearted police chief we have and by the police officers that uh, I've been able to uh, work with and actually ride in their cars with. And uh, really people who are there who want to literally do what their title says to serve and protect. You know, another encouraging thing really was from our perspective, the local churches coming together, as we referred to earlier, to put on some community events, to draw our community together, to work there and seek 
Secret Lake Park to work with the city. Been very, very pleased with our city leaders, not just elected officials, but people behind the scenes in the offices who really care about Castleberry and, and really have a heart for wanting to make our community better. Just some, you know, just some great people in those areas. Excellent answer. Speaking of the city, Tom, put on your leadership hat one more time. If our city officials came to you for advice and uh, we have, like we joked, the king here with us, not really, but they came to you for advice. Uh, what, what would you encourage them with? What would you say to our Castleberry city leaders? I mean, the first thing I say to any leader is to really focus on servant leadership, to be a servant of the people. When you serve others, they see you as a leader and they want to follow when you are serving as opposed to trying to lord it over people or whatever. So first and foremost, I think that's important. Secondly, as as I was saying earlier, if I were able to talk to the city leaders again, I would encourage them, you're not another city, you're Castleberry. Don't try to be all things to all people. Be Castleberry. Figure out what that means. Figure out what your identity is. Keep narrowing that identity and keep discovering that purpose and keep working toward that. And the more that you do that, the more people are going to be attracted to our community. We, I mean, we already see it happening, right? We're There are young families moving into the community. We're seeing new businesses starting. I really see things transforming. So, you know, so again, uh, servant leadership, don't be all things to all people. Discover what your purpose is as a city and and find out who you are, discover that identity. That's great for any leader at whatever level they lead, even if you're just leading within your home as as well. Those are great principles. Okay, Tom, final question. We have just celebrated uh, Holy Week and the Easter season. And Drew and I have had the opportunity to preach our heart out and to share this great message. But we know that you haven't been in the pulpit this Sunday because of your new assignment. But talk to us about how Easter helps you become fully alive. What a great question to end with. Thinking about this a little bit, there's a band that I love called Colony House. If you haven't heard them yet, check them out. It's a great, great band. And they have a song that's called Everybody's Looking for Some Light. I think the meaning of the song is that it's a little echo of St. Augustine's famous saying where he said, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee, until they rest in you, God. Easter reminds us that we are all fallen, lost people, that we're all looking for some kind of purpose, identity in our life. Uh, We're looking for some kind of meaning. We're looking for light, for lack of a better term. In our Christian faith, we find it in Jesus and in his resurrection. And so to be really fully alive is to know first and foremost that I'm a sinner, that I'm a failure. But beyond that, I have a savior who died for me, who rose again from the dead, who has forgiven me of all of my sins and who gives me hope, not just for today or tomorrow, but I get to live my life against the backdrop of knowing that this life isn't the end, that there's more beyond this. And I want everybody to be able to live with that kind of hope and purpose in their life. What a great answer and what a great hope that you shared with us there. Tom, we are out of time. We're so grateful for your leadership, for your care, for your books, for your 
inspiration. Let our listeners know how they can connect with you. You can uh, find my website. It's tomegebrecht.com and you'll see my name, I'm sure, on the podcast here so you can find out how to spell it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Tom Egebrecht on Facebook as well. And on uh, Instagram and Twitter, I am Renaissance Egg. Renaissance egg. Uh, there's a big story behind that. We won't go into that right now, but, <laughs> but that's where you can find me. Mr. Renaissance egg. Thank you so much for your, <laughs> your time with us today. Thank you for your wisdom, for your insight, for your leadership. Thanks for all that you've given to our Castleberry community over the years. I love Tom. What a what a great friend he is. What a fantastic leader he is in our community. And uh, I, I sure enjoyed his wisdom and his insights today. But Drew, as we prepare to wrap up, you have some words of wisdom and inspiration to share with us. That's right, Andy. Listener, this is a quote from Bernard Williams, and I think it fits perfectly in this season. Just coming off Easter, uh, right in the midst of spring, it's absolutely beautiful out here as of this recording in Castleberry. And here is the quote from Bernard Williams. The day the Lord created hope was probably the same day he created spring. The day the Lord created hope was probably the same day he created spring. Hope is something that is very much a living, breathing element. It's essential to life. We need hope for the days ahead. When you look at your life, your circumstances, oftentimes life can feel very hopeful other times, perhaps maybe a little bit hopeless. But just as every year spring comes, flowers bloom, the grass turns that vibrant green, the opportunity is there each and every day to move forward in hope, hopeful that tomorrow will lead to a better day. So as Bernard Williams said, as you think about your life, the day the Lord created hope was probably the same day he created spring. Let hope abound in you. Thanks, Drew. There's a whole lot of hope in that that great quote. Listener, thank you so much for sticking with us today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for learning. Thanks for engaging with us. It means a lot to us. We are the What's Up Castleberry podcast, Andy, Drew, and producer Robin. You can find us on social media at What's Up Castleberry, Facebook, Instagram, uh, iTunes feed, also our website, www.whatsupcastleberry.com. Like and subscribe to our podcast. Please rate and review us. And until next time, we hope you have a great week. 